hey, take ownership and responsibility of the life that you live. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do something, have it be with intention. Don't live a yeah. life by default. Oh, whatever happens, it's because the Lord brought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that an excuse? Not that true. is a whole excuse, ladies and gentlemen. Do not yeah. live your life on default. Live with intention. Hey everyone, welcome back to One Thing in Common Podcast. On today's episode, we have Marianne Rivoto. Marianne is a mental health counselor and professional coach. She received her master's from the University of Miami in marriage and family therapy, specializing in managing relationships, whether with self, partners, family, friends, or colleagues. She currently has her own private practice at Flourish, Flourish with Marianne, where she offers mental health therapy and coaching services. Marianne is also involved in the business world and is currently running the operations of her family small distribution company, Peninsula Tissue Paper Corp. Everyone, I'm so happy to have on my friend, Marianne. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. This is so exciting. I'm so excited for you. (laughs) Y'all, Marianne is just like a bundle of like happiness. Like every time I see this girl, whether it's like randomly when I come back from Hawaii, we just like bump into each other or like anytime you're just like radiating joy, you're laughing, you're smiling. And so like anytime, like your name will come up, everyone's like, oh yeah, Marion, she's a good one. She's a good one to keep around. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's so wonderful to hear. Honestly, I appreciate that. Dude, I'm, I'm so excited for today and this conversation and this episode because we have a very same passion when it comes to like mental health and therapy and coaching and you just recently graduated from the university of miami with your master's okay in family therapy holler at your girl i think everybody can use some of that can i get it amen all right so that is just like incredible because you're literally helping change lives through that but also what's interesting is that you finished your master's but you are also getting certified as a professional coach. So I know and sometimes people hear coaching and therapy, they just mix the two together and think it's the same, but they're not. Right. So Marian, I wanted to ask you, can you talk a little bit about the difference between like coaching and like professional coaching and then like just typical normal therapy? Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, coaching is something that's very unregulated. It's, it's a field that's uh, not super control there it does fall under a federation which is the international coaching federation um but it's something that people define differently um therapy is more focused on healing uh past wounds past hurts Mm. um yeah it's like something's broke we got to fix it we got to work on it Mm. we got to talk about it um coaching is not that coaching is the next step after that, which I personally love because it's when people are at a place in their lives mm-hmm. where they've healed, they've handled whatever they need to handle within themselves, and now they're ready to move forward. Mm-hmm. So it's very future oriented. It's uh, the person who's like, I am ready to make a change in this area of my life. I want to do things differently. Um, and I need accountability. I want somebody to join me on this journey of getting there to I need somebody to help me get there so it's a lot of they have a lot of things in common therapy and coaching you do um a lot of reflection a lot of realizations um self-awareness um 
patterns of thinking, patterns of doing, uh, a lot of evaluating. You can use coaching as a tool within therapy, but it's not therapy. Okay. Yeah. It's, I think it's more like an accountability partner. Mm. Um, it's like a talking mirror. So uh, the, a lot of the work is on the client, which is so powerful because it's everything is your, in your hands as the client and you move at the pace that you want to move, but you have somebody there that's with you. That's kind of pointing those things right back to you. Everything that you're saying is like reflecting right back to you. And so um, it helps you move towards change and move towards the future that you want for yourself actively. I love that. I'm such a fan. You know, it's so interesting because we were on the phone the other day and it was really cool to um, dive into coaching and therapy and and really know the difference because again, so many people just kind of mash it together and mesh it together. Um, But what's really cool is that you are doing two in one. So they're like two separate things. Like you can help people heal from their past or like heal from what they're going through. But then you're also eager to work with people who are already healed. And, and maybe, I mean, we're always healing at points of our lives, right? Like there's always areas, but what's cool is that you're now working with people as well. We're like, Hey, I'm ready to like, what's my next step to like move forward and stuff like that. So I think that's just so cool because I feel like nowadays it's more of a new thing. Like it's a Mm -hmm. new thing to like for coaching is more, maybe if you said that 10 years ago, people would be like, what? Like I need yeah. to hire someone for that versus now it's like, you hear so many people getting coaching. It's cause like, I think we all need it. I know I yeah. need it. Absolutely. No, coaching is such a powerful tool. It's, it's honestly a personal favorite method of working with people for me because it, it's, and although I think that entrepreneurship, that field, that, uh, has kind of elevated in the past couple of years. Everybody's an entrepreneur. Everybody's trying to do their own thing. Everybody is trying to make money, excel, be their best uh, self. Um, We could thank Tony Robbins for all the self-help entrepreneurs out there, which is doing a phenomenal job. But I think that things have gotten a little bit confused when it comes to coaching, Mm -hmm. because what people normally think of coaching, they think, oh, I need somebody to tell me what to do Mm -hmm. in order to get to the place that I want to get to, to get to the Mm -hmm. next level in my life. Mm -hmm. And that's actually not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I'm a big believer that when there's in research, I I love research, give me the facts, give me what works. (laughs) Uh-huh. give me the statistics baby yes. um no I just think it, there's power in in information and hey a lot of people have gone before us and have tested things out and they can tell us by the way this is what works this is what doesn't work mm-hmm. if somebody's telling you what to do there's no activity going on in your brain mm-hmm. nothing's happening so and and why is that important because you need uh brain activity brain movement in order to establish new patterns of thinking and new patterns of doing so when somebody's telling you what to do and how to do things that's doing nothing wow so you will ultimately there might be like a little bit of a realization oh my gosh yes that's what i need to do but you will then eventually fall into your usual patterns of doing patterns of thinking Mm -hmm. because nothing has changed and nothing has shifted in your mind when you come to your own realizations and your own resolve is built on the inside saying, no, I know what I need to do. I need, I know how I need to move forward. 
that's when something powerful happens mm -hmm. because different connections are being, being made. You've come on your own terms and in your own terms, oh, this is how I need to move forward. Now I'm ready to take active steps towards that. Mm -hmm. And that happens within coaching. Mm -hmm. But people are confusing. It's like, oh no, coaches, I need them to solve my problems and tell me mm -hmm. what to do. Mm -hmm. Very big difference. Very, very big difference. Dude, that was so good. I love that because you said something so powerful and so profound that people can just skip right through. And it's like, when someone's telling you what to do, there's no brain activity. It's pretty much like robotic, like do this. Okay. You do it. Like there's no thinking on your part. You're just doing it. Right. But when you have to figure it out for yourself, there is that brain activity. And it's like, because people don't see it, they can just like bypass it or skip it or not think it's important, but it's like, that's the most important thing. Cause it's like everything in our lives stems from our mind, everything, you right. know, the way we think the, everything that we absorb that affects how we view the world, you know, um, depending on what we're consuming can really taint our vision for what reality really is. Yeah. And it's, I love that you said that because like I firsthand like experienced that where it's like when you first get into like either it's coaching or therapy and at first, like they're trying to figure out, okay, like where, where, where are you at? And like, we're mm -hmm. like, what's the end goal for you. Right. And so when I got into therapy, it's like my therapist knew right away what I needed to do, but like, it took me a month to figure that out. And then she like wow. laughed, like a giggle, like, haha, I knew, but like, I needed you to figure it out. And I was like, why? But I knew, I knew why I was like, oh, because like, she could have told me, but doesn't, I wouldn't have taken action. Mm -hmm. uh, she could have told me, but it wouldn't have made sense in my mind. Once I, once in my brain, I figured out, okay, I have to do this. I need to do this. It made sense to me. I did the thing. Right. And so it's yeah. like, I can firsthand like with experience say like a hundred percent to that statement, because it's like, there's just something so powerful. And I'm learning more about, um, no expert, no professional, but my podcasts and books, I'm trying to learn more about the brain and how it works. And it's so interesting over the years, huge fan of Dr. Caroline Leaf. She talks uh, about how wonderful she is the go. Okay. And she yeah. talks about how the brain is like malleable. I think I'm saying it right. Malleable. Yeah. Yeah. Malleable. And how we literally can physically change our brain physically by doing brain work. Yep. And again, that's not like somebody like hiring a coach so that they can tell you what to do. It's hiring a coach so they can guide you in the direction that you need to go. So you can figure out what you need to do to get to that next step that you want to go to. Right. Yeah. And how this gets done is through powerful questioning. So a lot of people wonder, well, what's the process of coaching? What does it look like? Uh, what does a session look like? Well, it looks like peeling back layers and digging deeper, asking powerful questions that are going to make you process connect and then think differently. Mm. So for example, I want to, Hey, I just want to be more productive. I feel that, uh, I'm just not doing what I want to do. Uh, I need you to help me. I want to mm. establish some goals and do that. Well, how do we do that? Okay. Let's talk about why you want what you want. What's going oh, dig a little deeper to what is it that you want? Mm -hmm. zone in on what's beneath that mm -hmm. where does that come from where is it coming from where are you going with that and how do you want to get there mm -hmm. and then looking into values well what's most important to you what gets in the way identifying blind spots that's probably the wow. biggest things we all yeah. want 
to move forward with our lives. We all want to get to a certain place, but we, a lot of the times we're unaware of what gets in the way yeah. of ourselves. And usually it's ourselves. We get in the yep. way of ourselves. A hundred percent. Girl, can you just say that one more time for the people yeah. in the back? One more we time. We get in our own way. And so Let's go. we need somebody to come along the journey with us yeah. to change, to be able to point that mirror right back to you. Like, Hey, by the way, uh, this is what you just said. But then you also just said something that's very contradicting, you know, and this is what you had mentioned, like what we usually know ourselves better than we think. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. We're often waiting for somebody to give us the answers to our life answers to the, to our problems. When the, the answers are usually within us, you just need to peel them back, peel those layers back and then discover them on your own. And with the help of a coach. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And that is so funny that you had said that. Cause like something similar happened recently where like someone had said like, Oh, you know, hold me accountable for this. And I was like, okay. And then like, I held them accountable for it, but then it's like the contradiction and it's like, wait, what? Like, but you said this and then now it's something else. Right. So it's like, it's where the individual has to understand what's your why. Mm-hmm. And, and what's stopping you from, from going to where you want to go or becoming who you want to become. Right. Because I think the thing is, is like, everybody wants to become better. Right. I mean, I feel like maybe not everybody, but I would say most people want to now there's a difference between wanting to and actually doing the thing. And yeah. I think I saw an Instagram the other day where it was like, you know, you can have the best intentions in the world, but if your actions don't match up your intentions, your intentions don't mean anything because your actions will always speak louder than your intentions. So it's like, when you hear people say, well, I want to be in better relationships, but they keep going to the wrong kind of guy or girl to be in a relationship. It's like, well, your intentions are good, but your, your actions aren't following what, yeah. you, what you want. You know what I'm saying? And so that's something I had think heard um, John C. Maxwell speak at a conference. It's like intentions are great, but they're diddly squat when the actions don't match up with the intention. Mm-hmm. You know? And actions are based on patterns. If you can identify the patterns and how you've been doing things for the past, like, however many years of your life, I could tell you how you're going to act in your future. Because the one thing about patterns is that they're hard to break and they're pretty consistent. Because you're in this cycle of doing that you have, you haven't discovered where does that come from? why do I do it this way? And how do I break free from that? Unless you've done that work, it is impossible to break a pattern because you're completely mm-hmm. unaware that you are in a cycle of doing mm-hmm. that is not serving you. Mm-hmm. So it takes that like self-work, you know, especially when it comes to relationships and, and wanting something, but then doing a completely different action that gets you to where you didn't want to be. Yeah. And I think it's like so important. And that brings me to our um, next topic, which I'm so excited to talk about, which is um, attachment styles and things like that. So pumped about that. But I think it's really important to know, like, yeah, like, again, if you catch yourself in the same situation or with the same kind of person, it's like, well, that's, you know, is that their fault or is that your fault? I was listening to a sermon last night and, um, you know, the pastor said, sometimes we just blame God for everything. And it was really fun because like people blame God for everything. And it's like, 
man, you know, God just led me out of that job. He's like, really four times this year, God led you out of that job. Are you, are you just irresponsible? And I was like, yo, that's a word. Cause it's like <laughs> so many times I think what, and I'm like, I'm going to speak to the Christians out there. Cause maybe you're listening and you're not a Christian, but to my Christians out there and not everybody, but sometimes I hear people and they're like, they use God as a bandaid to cover up like their, mis- like their, you know, shortcomings or their blind spots. And it's like, oh, well, you know, God took me out of this or like God, you know, and it's like, did God really, or did you put yourself in that situation? Cause I don't think God would lead you there. I don't think God would put that person in front of you to stay in that relationship. Right. So it's like taking ownership, I think is a really big thing of it's like, Hey, like there's been things that's happened to me where like, I could easily put the blame gain and I could easily point the finger at different people. But at the end of the day, if I don't take ownership over my life and what happens, I'm always going to become, I'm always going to be the victim in my life. Right. Exactly. And so I think that's something powerful that I learned that I've grown in the last few years is like, I think I was really good at playing the victim, but I realized that just leaves me living a very small life versus like, Hey, maybe I'm not proud of that, but I'm gonna take ownership. I'm gonna learn from it. And I'm going to move on so that that same mistake doesn't happen over and over again, but I learn from it. And I can do better in the future because I went through that experience. Absolutely. And there's so much power in choice. Um, And I think that a part of the reason why we put all of the pressure, the blame, um, we kind of put the label of, oh, God, on things is because we're afraid to make the wrong choices. And so we... um, give away like we surrender that power of choice that God has given us and we play the okay sort of the revelation game mm-hmm. in the sense that like no I I think that that God is leading me here and it's like God can be leading you <laughs> but you have a power of choice and, and God, That's desires, so good, God has gifted you that you know so he he's not gonna do your job god god does what only god can do yeah that's the rest right. what you can do is up to you and, and and god desires you to make choice yeah you know and he gives you wisdom and discernment he offer all offers these things to you so that you can move forward but ultimately you have um the power to say oh i'm gonna go this way i'm gonna go that way you know there's somebody that i think that i've heard it's like there's no wrong decisions. They mm-hmm. all lead you somewhere. I think that and there's a lot of truth in that. You know, there's always two different paths, you know, or many different paths. Mm-hmm. One can seem great at the moment. One can seem like it's it's the bad path. But at the end of the day, God works with it all. Mm-hmm. You know, the point is, hey, take ownership and responsibility of the life that you live. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do something, have it be with intention. Don't live a yeah. life default oh whatever happens it's because the lord brought it mm. <laughs> is that an excuse not that is you. a whole excuse ladies and gentlemen do not yeah. live your life on default live with intention that is so good and that is so powerful i mean i'm reading a book right now so my laptop i have like five books so this thing can be a little elevated if you know what i mean you know we working with what we got here <laughs> but i have the book atomic habits and oh life-changing book. I've been to, I've been in a personal growth junkie since I was 18. So I've been to so many different conferences. Literally it's always been on the top charts for like the last like five, eight years. I don't even know, but it is great. And I had reposted 
um, actually with the author James Clear had posted on his Instagram, like a little quote in the book. And it talks about how our habits really embody who we view are like our identity, right? So he talked about if you make up your bed in the morning, you're identifying yourself as an organized person. If you work out consistently, you're identifying yourself as an athletic person. If you, you know, all these different things. And it's like, that is so good. Cause it's like, sometimes, you know, you see two different people and you're just like, wait, I don't like, maybe like same household or same family or same friend group or whatever. Right. But living two different ways. Right. And then you're just like, wait, but like, where, where's the missing piece here? And then when I read that, I was like, wow, it's like your habits will be based off your identity on how you view yourself. Right. Yeah. Cause it's like, I mean, me and you were people of faith. So we believe obviously we're like we're children of the Lord and we believe in Jesus. That's how like, obviously our beliefs in it are, is our foundation, but then also it's like how you live your life will be based off how you view yourself yeah. and what, and how you respect yourself enough to do those things you know? And I just thought that was really powerful. Cause it's like, Oh wow. At the end of the day, like someone's habits is always based off like how they view themselves, you know? Yeah. No, it's so great that you're talking about that because it boils down to how you see yourself, but what you value. Yeah. So it's so important. I actually did a post on this yesterday. It was connecting to your values. Mm. What matters to you? What's important to you? Mm. You know, what's at the foundation of who you are, you know? And from there, from there, you move forward. Mm -hmm. But the important thing is to have that present, you know, in my day-to-day, whatever I do, whatever I say, uh, what's coming out of me and where's it coming from, Mm -hmm. you know, is it who I want to be? Do some things need to change? Are they aligned? Is it a reflection of the things that are important to me, the things that I value, or am I off rail, Mm -hmm. you know? So just how I view myself, it's so important because- self-love a value, you know, faith a value, mm-hmm. health a value, you know? Yeah. And a lot of the times we don't sit down. This is not super common to sit down and be like, oh, what am I value? Mm-hmm. Am I living according to this every day? You know, yeah. no, it takes awareness and awareness. intention, yeah. you know, and just like practical ways of doing things in order to change. That is so good. I think you nailed it when you, when you said awareness and asking yourself, like, what do you value? And I think like at the end of the day, you can really tell a person, like you could tell what they value by the things that's coming out of their mouth, Mm -hmm. by what they're sharing and what they're posting by, you know, just how they live their life. Cause it's like, someone tells me they value, you know, one thing, but then it's like the complete opposite of like that very thing they said. It's like, wait, but do you really value that? Or you want to think you value that you want to kind of like self-sabotage to to say, Hey, I value this, but in reality, you're kind of valuing something else. You know what I'm saying? And I think it just has to get to a point where someone has to sit down with themselves and get real. It's like, okay, like, am I living what you said to my values? Right. My values, family, am I valuing my family? Am I present with my family? Like when I get home, am I on my phone? while my family's sitting in front of me or am I present with them? Am I looking them in the eye? You know, friends, do I value my friends? Do I text them to see how they're doing? Do I call them randomly just to check up on them or, or do I just do it maybe once in a blue moon, right? right. Work. Do I show up and I'm on adult pilot? Cause it's just like a paycheck that's coming in. Or like, do I try my best to honor my boss? Right. It's like mm-hmm. values. Like what do you value and how do you show up? And you could tell like when someone shows up and they value they show up, like you said, with Marianne, they show up with intention. They show up with 
man, they came prepared. They look ready. They look well-dressed. Like they want to be here. And then you can also tell when someone doesn't want to be there or in other words, when they don't care to be there. Cause that's mm-hmm. also very noticeable. And one thing that I'm like learning right now, just with like, again, books, podcasts, and all this fun little stuff. So one thing that I've also learned, um, is that you can tell a lot by someone's like outward appearance, how like they're doing internally. And so it's like a lot of times the way someone's living is because it shows how they are on the inside. Right. So if someone's not like filling up their cup, if they're not, you know, just doing the, like the monotonous task of like reading every day, maybe listening to a good podcast and journaling and like being real and just like doing like the inside work that people don't see, but that you see. And this is what I say. People may not see the work that you're doing when no one's watching, but they'll see it when you walk outside the door. So it's like, I can tell with either friends or family or students, whoever, like I could tell when they're in a season, when they are working on themselves, because it shows, it shows in the conversations, it shows the way they dress, it shows the way they present themselves, what they're sharing, things like that. But then also I can also see, "Mm, man, this person, they're, they're not filling themselves up. They're not doing that work that no one's watching, but it's still showing up. It's still showing up in different areas. And so that's why I'm just so passionate about like doing the work that no one sees. Cause at the end of the day, they're going to see it. It's going to reflect in the way you live your life. It's going to reflect in that, whether you like it or not, it's just going to ooze out of you because what you consume, it's going to come out of you. They say, it's like when life, um, is like squeeze, whatever is inside of you. And when life squeezes like you, that's, what's going to come out. Yeah. You know? And so that's something I've been very intentional on just like being more aware of and, and being more curious about, right? Like, you know, again, whether it's anybody, I've got different groups of people, whether it's like friends or here or there, church, family, a lot of different things, but it's like, hmm, let me get curious. Like, okay, it's not this, this, this thing. It's not, um, what's that word? I was, um, it's a root. It's, mm-hmm. There's fruits. But because of the fruits, that always leads to the root. So if someone's having rotten fruit in their life, hypothetically, that's because the root is rotten. When you can get to the root of it, then the fruit will change. And I feel like a lot of times people just want to change the fruit without getting to the root. But it's like, you could do that, but then you'll still get the same fruit in two weeks. Right. You'll still get the same fruit in two years, you know? Yeah. And I love talking about this because like, what's the fruit, right? The fruit is uh, our actions, the way that we talk, the what's visible in our lives, um, how we carry ourselves, our relationships, um, and life. Okay. That's the fruit. What we mean by checking the rule, where does that all stem from? Well, our thoughts, our beliefs, our heart, you know, what, does it mean to check the root? Like, hey, how are you thinking about things? What comes up for you towards your family? What comes up for you towards your friends, your job, your romantic relationships? You know, um, how you think about life, how you think about things is what produces the result of your life, but also what's inside, it's what's inside you, you know, what's inside your heart. Um, is there hurt? Is there pain? Is there um, abuse? Is there a uh, lack of trust, just disappointment? You know, all of that stuff is what's a part of the root. So we have to constantly be checking ourselves. Hey, where am I uh, right now in my life? 
What do I see? How do I behave? What comes out of my mouth? Um, are my relationships strong? Do I, when I look at my life from the outside, do I like what I see? Mm. And when it's not, then I have to check, okay, what's at my heart? What's at the inner core of um, my thoughts, my behaviors? Where does this all come from? And that's what checking the root is, you know, doing that heart work, doing that self um reflection, self-awareness, um, just learning, you know, and, and that takes a lot of courage. That's it not does. easy work. And you have so to be much courage. Willing, willing to just open up the drawer of what's on the inside of you, yeah. you know, and that's, that's very powerful, but it's, it could be very scary because a lot of the times you don't know what you're going to find. And it could be so easy to fear that I'd rather not dig into my emotions dig into what's there because I really just don't want to deal with it I don't mm-hmm. want to so I'm just going to keep on moving and we're just mm-hmm. going to take mm-hmm. things as they come but then what happens you get rotten fruit mm-hmm. that you don't want mm-hmm. and then you get frustrated and disappointment at what's coming out of your life because you didn't want that but you didn't do the work to change that or to to heal that whatever needs, needed to be healed mm-hmm. So good. My girl. Oh, we can go forever talking about this. Okay. We can go forever. I love it. Um, I do want to get to the topic of attachment styles, because I know that is something that when I learned, like, I think like almost like a year ago about it blew my mind. And I was like, what is this world? And I need to know more. And so I would like to, um, yeah, just ask you because I feel like this is like your thing. Like we talked about it the other day and this is where you just like, this is your area, my girl, like attachment okay. styles for anyone who doesn't know what that is. Can you share, a, um, just explain what exactly is attachment style and then also share how that impacts the relationships that we then right. decide to choose in the future. So since it's Mental Health Awareness Month and we are talking about attachment theory, which is my favorite, one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, it actually started with my own personal mental health journey and, and starting therapy again and dealing with family conflict. And so in some of my very first sessions with my therapist, she recommends this book attached to me and it's by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller must read life-changing book. It's phenomenal but it talks about attachment theory. And so what is attachment? Attachment is this lasting psychological bond, um, connectedness that you have with another person. So think emotional bonds. And attachment theory tells us that the emotional bonds that we created with our caregivers, our parents, or whoever was taking care of you in infancy has a long lasting effect on your behavior you know, has effects on how you make friendships, on how you establish romantic relationships, which was the biggest um, thing because what it said, the research said was that the relationship, the bonds that you formed with your, uh, the primary caregiver, your mom or your dad mirrored the way that you form romantic bonds to your partners, to your husbands, uh, girlfriends, boyfriends, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so it, gives you what they discovered was four different styles of attachment. So it was a secure attachment style, 
an anxious attachment style, an avoidant attachment style, and then a fearful, which is a combination of anxious and avoidant. And it was groundbreaking because you gained so much awareness of, okay, where do I fall? What kind, how do I form attachments with other people? You know, does it come, am I a secure? And we can talk a little bit about each one. But the point is, is that the awareness of your attachment style can affect on you having more secure relationships Mm. in your life. So Mm. that was the biggest thing. And also like attachment, it reveals that attachments are fluid. They're Mm. not permanent. You know, they Mm. can change um, depending on your intentionality Mm -hmm. and on the attachment style of your partner. Mm Mm-hmm. That is so good. So I'm curious, Marianne, what is your attachment style? <laughs> Full disclosure. Okay. So um, I realized I had a secure attachment style when it came to certain people in my life, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, mom, friends, family, but then I had sort of an anxious avoidant mm-hmm. style when it came to dad uh, and romantic partners so Mm -hmm. ex-boyfriends um guys that I liked Mm -hmm. um and so I had to do the work Mm -hmm. of okay wait let's see let's let's take it a a step back let me kind of evaluate like what are my patterns and why yeah you know so my journey has been to move towards secure attachments style when it comes to my relationship with my dad, when it comes to my relationship, uh, dating, you know, meeting new people, allowing uh, space for, for vulnerability and intimacy. And um, all these things are, are indicators. And, and you'll kind of hear now, once we go through each attachment style a little bit, um, what kind of bells ring. And you'll start mm-hmm. to think, to, yeah. to realize, oh, wait, I think I might be this one. Or I think the person that I'm dating is definitely ah! this one. <laughs> Um, we always know the other persons, but it's like, no, it's about which, what's yours. Yes, exactly. And also keep in mind, you know, um, these are attachment styles. Yeah. This is not a box to, to put yourself in yeah. mm-hmm. and say, oh my gosh, this is just a bad attachment style. Mm-hmm. I need to just stay away from this person or get rid of that. Like they are just put a big X. Mm-hmm. That's not true. They're not necessarily, they have, yes. There are, you're going to hear that there are some negative behaviors, negative aspects of anxious attachments, avoidant attachments, and fearful, Mm. but there's, it it doesn't mean that you need to trash them. Yeah. You know, Um, you can always change and you can always work with what you've got. And at the end of the day, you have to give yourself some grace and some space to grow. You know, Um, I may be here, but I have something to work towards Mm -hmm. and I can still establish healthy relationships as an avoidant attachment style, as an anxious attachment style. There is some work to be done Mm -hmm. um, in myself and in my relationship, but that doesn't mean that we need to put this bad label on it. Yeah. No, I think that's really important. Like, especially someone's like just getting on their journey, like they Mm want to get better it's so important to like cheer that person on for growth because like someone could, you know, 
you know, Billy Bob, your, your uncle, whatever, could just be like, Oh, you want to work on that. Ha ha. You've always been like that your whole life. What makes you think you're going to get any better? And then right away, you know, Furanito's like crying. Cause he's like, Oh my gosh, you're right. I'm never going to change in that self-limiting belief. And everything just like shrinks from there. But it's yeah. like, when you have good friends and good family and just a good community saying, Hey, you know what? You're working on that. We're here for you. We believe in you. Like, it's not going to be easy, but it's so going to be worth it. That also has a huge impact of it's like, being careful also like who you share what you're working on because it's like someone can either like be your biggest cheerleader or like I don't want to say like enemy but like they could be your biggest like envier you know when it comes to growth because it's like one thing that I've learned is that people who are growing and if they have people growing around them it's a very motivating encouraging like everyone's on board and they're all moving forward but like let's say there is a group of like five friends and two are not feeling motivated or they don't want to grow. So they just point the finger at their other ones, making them, you know, but at the end of the day, like it's coming out of an insecurity because they, they don't want to get out of their comfort zone and they don't want to grow. So mm-hmm. I think it's like, I've learned too. It's like when I share like my deepest, like things that I'm working on, I'm just very like cautious of who I share it with. Cause I'm like, this person can like cheer me on or they could do the opposite, you know? And I think yeah. that's just like such a big component on like someone's growth journey is like who's surrounding you while you're on that absolutely and there's also you know not everybody needs to be completely aware or just have like an eyeglass view into your self-work self-work is self-work that is so good in your room behind closed doors just being intentional with yourself It's not something you need to publicize. If you want to, if you feel that that would be encouraging to somebody else on their own journey, by all means, Mm -hmm. you know, but this is a very personal thing. You know, it's you, you time, you know, Um, and that's so, so important for to be aware of because what you're saying is so true. You know, somebody can really, depending on how much weight you give to to, to another person, their voice can have direct effect on whatever you do or don't do, you know? So there could be, someone could derail you if you give them that power. Mm-hmm. So it's also something that you have to evaluate for yourself. Do I seek validation from others constantly? Can I not make moves without being validated by others? Mm-hmm. And where do I get my validation? Do I need somebody to constantly be encouraging me, constantly be telling me that I'm good, that I'm doing good in order to feel good? Or is that something that, you know, you can come within yourself? And if you are a person of faith, then you rely on Jesus to give you that validation, that that God confidence Mm -hmm. um, of who you are. So definitely all things to, to consider. No, that is so good. And that's like a really good thing that you had just mentioned. Cause I feel like growing up, I needed that constant validation from people. Like I needed to hear that I was doing good. And like my love language is words of affirmation. So it's like, it's like, I used to need to constantly hear that from people, but now I'm at a point where it's like, I don't need to constantly hear it. Now, if someone encourages me, of course, like that fills up my tank, but it's not something that I need from them. Mm-hmm. It's like, I wake up knowing like I'm already enough. Like I can't do a single thing more to make God love me more or love me less. Like he, his love for me will always be the same. That will never change. Right. And so it's like, when you have that kind of confidence and you kind of have that foundation, 
I don't need to hear a million compliments from a million strangers that I don't even know. Because at the end of the day, that would never be fulfilling. Maybe for a moment you're, you know, it's like a, it's like a little high, but it's not, it's not real. It's not lasting. It's not, it's not real. That's what it is. You know, absolutely. And one of my favorite things actually, uh, Pastor Rich Person Jr. says, he says, if you live by the praise of others, then you're going to die by their rejection. Mm. And that's so true. I'm constantly leaning in and caring about what everybody else thinks. And I put that above anything within myself, then my life will be ruined the minute that I get rejected. Mm -hmm. And it's just not sustainable, right? You live an entire life. You are bound (laughs) to face rejection. If you're not receiving pushback, if you're not receiving some sort of, Hey, like hate rejection on who you are, then I would question, um, are you really living? You know, are you really honoring wow, who you are? So because you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. It's impossible. You cannot please everybody. Yeah. So you, it, it's not a matter of if you face rejection, if you face a pushback. No, it's it's when. You know. Yeah. Well, I literally have goosebumps because it's like I've heard that quote before, and I was just like. When I heard that, it was in a season where like I was craving the appraisal and the praise of everyone, right? And then when I got rejection from them, it's like it killed me type of thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like like my my ego and things like that. And so now I can hear that and I could say, yeah, like thank God that I no longer have to come out of a place where I'm just like, if someone doesn't tell me I look beautiful and someone doesn't tell me I'm enough or I'm doing enough, or I'm the greatest, then I yeah. don't feel good enough. It's like, I can wake up go for a walk, not talk to a single human being. And I'm still content within who I am. And again, and I think that's just a lot of work that people need to, it's like one thing to call yourself a Christian, but it's another thing to truly believe who you, like who God says you are. Like, you know, we yeah. sing songs all the time of like, you know, I am who you say I am and I'm this and I'm that, but it's like, but do you really believe like in the depths of your heart, do you really believe who God says you are? You know, because it's like, it's easy to sing it, but do you believe it? Like for real, for real? Like, do you believe you are loved? Do you believe you are beautiful? Do you believe you're fearfully and wonderfully made? Absolutely. And actually like that is set on the foundation of the way that you attach yourself. Mm -hmm. So you can even point it back to attachment style because if you have a hard time, um, seeking validate you have you need constant validation and you're constantly looking outward for what you can only build inward um that could stem from an attach from a faulty attachment style Mm -hmm. you know an insecure one when it comes Mm to um being overly concerned about another about some what other people think about you Mm -hmm. um being clingy and dependent on a a relationship in order to satisfy you and satisfy your needs Mm -hmm. you know so it just points back to all of that. And if, so this great segue to what that sounds like is actually an anxious attachment style. Mm-hmm. These people tend to have a negative view of self, but then a positive view of everyone else. Wow. So they do tend to be clingy. They are dependent. They need constant validation and constant assurance that the relationship is good, that the person is there for them, that the person loves them. Um, they want intimacy, but they, they grasp onto it and they fear, um, autonomy and separation. Mm -hmm. So they don't want to be alone. They don't want to be separated. 
from their partner because they are receiving or expecting uh, satisfaction from them, you know, and completeness from them. So as an adult, they tend to have patterns like controlling, they tend to be blaming, uh, erratic and unpredictable. Wow. So they believe things like, I'm not worthy or I'm not enough, you know, and then people are capable of giving me their love and support, but it's only if I um, am angry or if, or if only I, if I claim it, you know, and demand it. Mm-hmm. And so um, an avoidant attachment style is actually, they think positively, they have positive thoughts about themselves, but then negative view of others. So these mm-hmm. are the people that are emotionally unavailable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sipping yeah. my cup on this one. <laughs> so they are not trusting. They are very independent. They are self-sufficient. These are the, I don't have time for relationships because I'm focused on me. I'm doing my work. I'm busy. Um, they are excellent workers. Oh, no, you're describing my old self. <laughs> Yeah, so they're actually uncomfortable with intimacy. They're like, uh, they believe that nobody can really meet their needs Mm. uh, emotionally and and support and love. Like, they believe that they're worthy of love, absolutely, but Mm. they don't trust others to be able to meet them, meet their needs, Mm -hmm. because they believe that they can meet their own. And so they flee from intimacy and vulnerability. Mm. they also tend to feel like a relationship is a little bit trapping and Mm. so it's like I'm losing my freedom I'm losing my free will and nobody is really worth me sacrificing myself wow so they um they are actually I lost my train of thought (laughs) you're good Dude, you just, you, Marianne, you just described Megan from like, I don't know, three, four, five years ago. Like I'm listening to this and I'm like, oh my goodness, that was me to a T. I was like, I am it. Like I got no time for no man. And then like when a guy would come into my life, it's like, I would get, what was it? The avoidant you just said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would get uh, avoidant. I would be afraid of intimacy. I would be afraid of vulnerability. Yeah. Like all those things would freak me out. Right. And then I'm like Brene Brown says, I would be vulnerable. And then the next day or the next hour have a vulnerability hangover. And I'm like, oh my God, I overshared. Now this person thinks this of me, but it's like, it's crazy because I had taken the attachment style test a few months ago and I could have like hands on the Bible. I was like, I'm for sure getting avoidant and anxious because like that's how I was in my past relationships. And that's how I'm going to be right now. Right. But it's crazy because when I got my results back, it said secure attachment mm-hmm. style. And I was like, wait, yeah. what? And I was like, do I need to retake this? <laughs> and when I read the description of secure, it's like you were raised in a very secure home. Mm-hmm. You were raised with like your mom and dad like there and you knew with a shadow of the doubt that they love you, that they would do anything for you. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that is very true. And so What's interesting is like, because of my past and how I was in my past, I had automatically assumed, oh, I'm a tat, I'm avoidant and I am um, anxious. But now Megan, three, four, five years now into 2022, that's not who I am because I've done the work. I asked the hard questions. I've gone to therapy. I've I've had my, my self time, my me time where no one else sees. And I asked the Lord, hey God, 
what's in me that you want to take out of that wouldn't survive in a relationship. And one of those things was like, you got to like, it's okay. You could be an independent woman, but you got to also let a man be there for you and, and not just try to do everything on your own. Right. And so those are some things that I've learned and not being afraid of vulnerability and not being afraid of, and people think of intimacy of like straight up, just like sexual activity. And that's not necessarily it. Intimacy. And actually I heard like, I don't know, was it, it was like some actor, but he had said intimacy is so much more than just like sexual activities. Intimacy is like when you can know a person for who they really are, when they share things with you that they don't share with anyone else, when they share like their deepest parts of them, that's intimacy because let's be real nowadays, sad to say, but like a lot of people are sleeping with anybody and everybody, right? A lot of people. And that's not intimacy. That's anyone could intimacy when someone could sit down, look you in the eye and say, Hey, like this is, this is me. This is who I really am. Right. And that's the scary part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, terrifying. Love- it's terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's so easy to sleep around. It really is. I mean, it doesn't take much. All you do, you feel like emotional, not emotional, but you feel like physical connectedness. You feel yeah. some sort of connectedness. Mm-hmm. So a physical intimacy. Yeah. Simple. Never have to see that person again. Or exactly. Once in a while, bada bing, bada boom. Connected again. The hard part. The hard. And part. that's like the, the biggest fear of an avoidant, which is like intimacy and closeness. You mm-hmm. know, intimacy into me. See. So wow. all my faults, all my defects. What exactly what you said? What makes me who I am? And a lot of the times, okay, like I said, these are my emotionally unavailable people. I don't want to. I want to be clear when I say this. You can be emotionally unavailable for a season, but yep. that doesn't have to be your permanent state. Yep. You know, you don't have to slap the label of avoidant and just dismiss the person. Like, no, maybe that person just, they're not ready. They need to heal. They're, they're avoiding intimacy for a reason. They don't want to be vulnerable for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be careful with these people because it's like, okay, do you want to join them on the journey? It's going to take certain things yeah. from you, you know, to be with a person who is avoidant or from yourself, if you're an avoidant person, which I found myself identifying with the avoidant um, attachment style a lot, like as much as I wanted a a healthy relationship and and I have the capacity for it, there was still things within me that I was, that I needed to look into because I would push away Mm -hmm. anybody, any guy that would want to approach me and was secure and, and for the record, secure to my attachment style. These people are just <laughs> positive thoughts of self, positive thoughts of others. They are trusting. They have high self-esteem. They're confident in who they are. Mm-hmm. They ex- they are able to set appropriate boundaries. Mm-hmm. They um, are able to be vulnerable and establish meaningful relationships. They welcome learning. They um, are attuned and empathetic and they're engaged and responsible. They take responsibility for what they want and they go yeah. after it. You know, um, when that kind of person came towards me, I was like, oh, no, this is so much, you know, responsibility. I just, you know, it's too much. You're too yeah. available. You're, you're, you're too you're available. Too, you're just, you know, you're too ready. And I'm, I'm just not there. I wow. Like yeah. Take this and, and, and ruin it. So I'm just going to run away and, mm-hmm. and going to give you a hard pass. You're, you, you like me too much. <laughs> you know, when I need yeah, somebody who's yeah. not that um, invested. These people yeah. are invested yeah. people. But the 
book goes and tells you if you are an anxious attachment style, if you are an avoidant attachment style, you need to be looking for those secures yep. because those are the people that can fill your emotional tank. They have yeah. the capacity, you know, they have the capacity yeah, to be, uh, to be patient and mm-hmm. kind with you and respect your autonomy and not demand, um, vulnerability and intimacy so much that it pushes you away. They have the capacity to, to be slow with you and gentle with you, mm-hmm. especially with the anxious attachment style. They have the capacity to validate mm-hmm. and to not look at your outbursts as something ridiculous that they just can't stand and don't want to deal with as an avoidant attachment style would yeah. say. Like, this is too much for me. You're just way too much. I can't handle it. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Shoot. You know, mm-hmm. um, the secure attachment style is capable of meeting you where you're at. Mm-hmm. and saying hey I'm here for you I'm in this mm-hmm. um one of the worst matches that could <laughs> could happen are an avoidant and uh an anxious oh, and no, usually yeah. they tend to attract each other I will yeah. say yeah and I- because <laughs> what does the anxious want oh my gosh the attention of the, the confidence and the attention of the avoidant because they're not emotionally and all there but I still want it yeah and then the avoidance like okay I'll give it to you for a little bit but then you're kind of driving me crazy so I'm gonna retreat and I'm going to like push back. So I'll be intimate and vulnerable to a certain extent. And then I'll drive you crazy because I need to leave. I need to stay, mm-hmm. you know? So that's going to make the anxious attachment style partner. Like I'm going crazy, mm-hmm. you know? And lo and behold, toxicity in relationship happens. <laughs> wow. Just uh, abuse, verbal, yeah. emotional. Um, when you have these two attachment styles that just at the end of the day, it's not that they're bad people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's they're just not at a place where they are capable of meeting your needs, yeah, your attachment so needs. Mm-hmm. And then the last attachment style is a combination of anxious and avoidant. So <laughs> this is just all the things in one. I want intimacy and I want dependent and I'm very dependent. But at the same time, I'm so afraid and I don't believe that you're capable of giving it to me because I'm so flawed that I run away from it. Mm-hmm. So it's these that they have negative view of self, negative view of others. Uh, they have low self-esteem. Like I said, dependent. They they view themselves as like helpless, you know, um, as they, they ruminate. They constantly think in their minds like, mm-hmm. oh, these scenarios, these beliefs that the other person has never even expressed. But mm-hmm. they're just kind of like there in their mind running. Wow. Yeah. And they're, uh, as an adult, it can be chaotic, explosive, abusive uh untrusting so they don't believe that they're worthy of love they don't believe that anybody has the capacity to love them because they're so flawed so wow. then they just kind of like run and flee. wow so, that yeah. is that is so interesting I'm like wow this is so much good Miriam I have a question for you yeah what would you say let's say someone's listening to this and they fall more on the oh snap like I actually catch myself in the anxious and avoidant like I you know am this kind of independent person but I do need attention and like they just find themselves there and I know when um what you said like these aren't bad people but some of the habits could have just been made from like a very young age and it's been repetitive 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 and so let's say someone hears this and they're like dang like I noticed about this about me yeah I always tend to go to this kind of person I do look for this and that is a toxic trait and they want to change. They, right. they, they're saying, they're listening to this. I'm like, you know what? Like I 
don't want to be anxious and I don't want to be avoidant. And I, I would like to be secure. I would like to be that person in the relationship where I could have the secure style. And then maybe they also attract someone who's also secure. What would you tell someone who's listening that falls under the avoidant and anxious that wants that, but is like, they don't know kind of what to do or where to go or like what step to take to come out of that. So the first step is just awareness, right? Just acknowledging, Hey, this is where I'm at. And this is the things that make me tick. Mm. So this is why I have the patterns and why I act in this way is because of this. So just having that awareness, you're already ahead of the game, but there are like some tips, like, especially like, for example, as an anxious partner, like when you're feeling let down or abandoned, um, you can write a list of ways um, that your partner is there for you. Mm. A, a list that shows that they care and when they do get it right. Because our mind can play so many tricks on us, right? Especially yeah. when you're anxious and avoided. Uh, when you're anxious, it's just like, oh my God, do they care? Uh, they haven't told me that they love me. Uh, they don't think that I'm beautiful. They just like, your mind could just go down a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. So you have to catch yourself. Yeah okay, I'm doing this again. I'm being anxious again. Let me stop. Let me pause. Let me reset. Mm -hmm. Something practical, write a list. Okay. When, when is my partner there for me? What are the great things that they do? Like, when do they show me that they care? Is it really true that they don't love me? Or am I, this is just how I'm feeling right now because I'm having an anxious moment. For the avoidant, you know, am I feeling trapped? Am I really feeling, am I trapped or am I just feeling trapped? You know, what are the ways uh, that my partner expresses, just gives me my freedom, lets me have my liberty, you know, uh, meets me where I'm at. Is it just, like I said, is it something that I'm feeling or is this fact? Mm -hmm. Because your partner could very well like be trapping. Uh, You can't go out. You can't do anything without Mm -hmm. telling them, without without doing Mm -hmm. it with them. You don't have time for yourself. Mm -hmm. Those are valid things. Yeah. but again, is it your reality or is it just how you feel? Mm. Are you having a moment? Wow. And there was something that I had here, like avoidant partners, like you have to learn how to emotionally validate. Mm-hmm. As an avoidant partner, I know that I'm not prone to be like, hey, I love you. I'm so mm-hmm. grateful for you. But the other person needs that, you know, yeah. depending on whether I'm with a secure person or with an anxious person. Mm-hmm. I have to also evaluate to what level do they need the, do they need that and to what level am I able to give it? And mm-hmm. what can I do to be better? Yeah. At the end of the day, we're all on this journey. We all want to be secure. Mm-hmm. We that's the ultimate goal for anyone. You know, we want to be healthy mentally, emotionally, physically. How do we do that? And now with this relationally. So there's different ways, like find ways to learn to express your emotions, to express how you feel to tap into that. If you are avoiding vulnerability and intimacy, why? Mm. There, there has to be something there. Mm-hmm. Have you taken the time to sit and think about that? Mm-hmm. And if you haven't and you don't want to, well, why don't you want to? Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You don't need to be there right now, but it's definitely something to work towards. Yeah. So there's, there's different ways I definitely recommend reading this book if you want to just dig a little deeper on... Um, what is your attachment style? What about your ta- what, what attachment style are you attracted to? For me, I was the emo- emotionally unavailable man was my thing. I it just like rung bells and sirens <laughs> within me. 
but I realized it's because I was emotionally unavailable. Mm. I didn't want <laughs> the responsibility of a relationship or the responsibility of intimacy and connecting with somebody on that level mm-hmm. because my mind went straight to, oh my gosh, like, is this my end all be all? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, whoa, that is a lot. No. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't even like you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's just a lot of commitment for me. Oh my God. So when they, when I've heard it said, like you attract who you are. Absolutely. So true. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. That is so good. I mean, again, if you catch yourself saying, why do I always attract lazy people? Why do I always attract people who don't want to do this or don't want to work out or don't do this? And it's like, but are you doing those things? Mm-hmm. But are you doing those things? If you want someone who's active and living a healthy lifestyle, are you living a healthy lifestyle? Yeah. If you want someone who's, I know it's not all about the looks, but come on, you have to be physically attracted to the person. Absolutely. If you yeah. want someone, <laughs> right? Like if you want to like have a, a physical attractive partner, well, are you showing up the way you would want to find your partner? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's almost common sense, but it's not for some people, but it's just like, Instead of saying what you want so much about a partner, ask yourself, do you embody those characteristics? And the moment you start embodying those characteristics, those are the people that are going to start attracting in your life. Yeah. And there's also the other side of that. For example, somebody can be who's really secure or like really fit and then just looks for a partner that is not there. It's not there because they have either this savior complex Mm -hmm. or this healer complex mm -hmm. I need to or this is a project this is a challenge I need to help this person get to where I want them to get to yeah you know why is that what is it within you that feels the need to have to be everything for another person or Mm -hmm. fix the other person Mm -hmm. you know that's also something that happens and you need to evaluate so I think evaluation is just all around like look into yourself you want to grow there's just no other way of doing it you have to look at yourself in the mirror and have the courage to face what's really there and what's behind the face that you see looking right back at you that is so good my girl so much gold that you just shared y'all you're gonna have to listen to this another one because there's just so much that you share i'm about to like re-listen to this take all these notes i'm like all right meg let's do this work but my girl I want to ask you the final question of the pod. And that is, if you knew then what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? (laughs) That is a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) I knew then what I know now. Oh my gosh. Do it afraid. Wow. Um, Just go for it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what happens you deal you take it as it comes like if whether it's what you fear most which is rejection or failure just do it go for it you know and then overcome whatever happens you know eight times out of ten it's not gonna turn out the way that you fear that it will yeah nine times out of ten okay um yeah, I think I spent a lot of time in my mind afraid of outcomes. Mm. And now I look back and I'm like, girl, should have just done it. Should have just kind of just gone with it. Joyce Mayer says this, just do it afraid. 
So and good. that's been something so that I've just been wanting to live by because it's powerful. It's a powerful truth. I love that. I saw something recently and it was around that. It was like, you're going to be afraid. You just got to do it. Like do it afraid anyways, like anything in life worth having is going to be hard. Anything. If it's easy, is it worth having? Let's be real. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like, that is so good. So it's like, y'all, whatever it is, whether it's a career path you want to go into, or just like a life change you want to make and you're afraid that's okay. Like that means that you also kind of like, you actually care, right? Like I heard on a podcast once they asked the host, like, do you get afraid when you do the podcast or like, do you like get anxious or nervous? And he's like, well, yeah, I do get a little nervous because I actually care about my work. Mm-hmm. It's not this nervous, like, oh, I'm not, I mean, he has like, one of the top podcasts in the world, but it's like, it's like a nervousness of like, I actually care and I actually care when to deliver. So yeah, I do get a little nervous. It goes away after five minutes, but yes, I still yeah. get nervous. Right. And you'll hear preachers and speakers say they still get nervous, but they do it anyways, you know? Yeah. And no, so- it's insane how debilitating fear can be. You know, it could stop you from everything and anything. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of courage, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but to, to get past that and to just do the thing that you want to do. Mm-hmm. But it also just takes taking that step. It just takes action. It just takes the choice. The fear is not going to go away, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And that's how I'm going to one day, one step at a time, get past my fears. Amen. Amen, sister. That was Mary Ann for you all. Holler at your girl. Get her on Instagram at Flourish with Mary Ann. She posts the best coaching tips, therapy tips. Like literally, I'm liking all her posts out there. I'm like, yes, and amen. (laughs) And then also, Mary Ann, do you have a website where people could check more of your work when it comes to family therapy? What would that be? Yeah, so it's actually MarianneRivoto.com. Uh, the Instagram handle is flourish with Marianne. And then the website is MarianneRivoto.com. I am taking clients. So if you'd like to talk a little bit more about therapy or coaching, um, or you have somebody that, you know, is looking for, uh, a therapist or a coach, just send them my way. Y'all you heard it from Marianne herself. Well, my girl, it was such a pleasure having you and just talking about all things coaching, therapy, attachment styles, funny things from our past. Like (laughs) it's just always a joy to speak with you. Thank you so much, Megan. I loved hanging with you today and just, I love this conversation. And I love Um, you. I love you, girl. (laughs) You looking good on that website. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right, girl, we'll talk soon. Thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate each and every single one of you. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave a rate and review as it makes a huge difference. Also, share this with your friends and family and tag us on social media with any insights that you got from the episode. Once again, thank you all so much for your love and support. I hope you have the best week. Much love.